resolutions is going to be to perfect our sound. Perfect our sound. Yeah, you know, just getting the the, the voices right. You know, I, I you know I'm a big fan of many another podcast, many an other podcast, and I just love when it's good sound. No no fault if you know there's a caller in or whatever, but. It's it's comforting for me to hear like when I listen to, in my headphones and, and hear like the, the good quality sound. There's so many factors to it. We're building the airplane as we go. Okay, but there's so many factors to that that is as like life itself is the fact of the things that are in your control. Yeah. Which may be what microphone, tone, volume. That. Annunciation. Annunciate. Well, I mean, now you're getting into things like that. The, I mean, you're talking about sound, and then you're talking about being a, a linguist or who your a person verbalist. is, a verbalist. Okay. Then there are things that, that may not be in your control example to follow. This one. What you say about sound and and the effect that it has on you as you just gave the example. You listen to podcasts. You like when the sound is good. Yep. There is good. There's good. There's levels. Levels. That are measurable. But then there are things that are also subjective. Okay. To the example that I'm about to give. I, a couple weeks ago, was listening to a show. Not a podcast, but a similar deal. There's sound. There's music. There's something that is is soothing to me. I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not thinking about. Wow, this is good sound. A movie, a show, uh, is on Netflix. Uh, movie, dramatic, whatever. That I'm starting to fall asleep, and I don't want to miss the story of this show. So I go. I'm gonna flip over to just what is on TV. A football game was on TV. Right. Right. As I'm dozing off, I'm very, very comfortable, hence why I want to stop it, because I don't want to miss this. But I'm so comfortable that I don't even want to leave my sofa yeah, because I, I understand just want that. Off yeah. that feeling. I flip it off. Just, okay, stop this to whatever's on TV. I'm going to feel the same way, right? I'm just dozing off. The, the, what is on TV is what Monday night or Thursday night, whatever, football game, professional football game. And you Chris, stay awake. Chris Collinsworth. Oh. It's his voice. Look <laughs> at him over there. Yeah. It's all I can feel like levels of cortisol yep. going up in me, yep. and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yep. This guy is snapping me out of my slumber feeling that I'm having. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing. I, I say this all the time: the better the movie, the yeah. faster I fall asleep. Yeah, especially in the theater. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if, and even if I haven't even seen the movie, if I'm like excited and like, oh, the, I feel so happy and so comfortable, I get my big thing of popcorn, I might fall asleep in the, the trailers at the beginning. Yes. Because I'm, I'm relaxed and feel good. There you have it. So, you, you know what? We're going to forgive all of our, our listeners out there if they happen to fall asleep. Um, you know, hey, that, you know, I'll take that as a, a uh, well, maybe not a, a sign of pride, of badge of courage, but, you know. Mm. Okay, let me. I, I've, told, I've told Chucky that before that I'll, I'll listen to his podcast. And I'll fall asleep to it because he's got a great voice, you know. I, I got to jump in every now and then with the call is where wake up and wake up, people. We're talking about there's drop the check. Hey guys, well, oh, fuck, they're gonna have, switch the channel. We can have, if people complain about falling asleep, we'll, ah, we'll have him as a guest. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at what he's doing. I don't know what that guy's doing over there. I'll tell you what he's doing. He's keeping me awake. <laughs> I like Chris Collinsworth. I like him, too. Just he's not good to sleep to. Okay, fair enough. Right? Fair enough. I had one of those ones that you have, like, you know, they have those guys that read to you. Yeah. Um, I forget who the actor is. It was on uh, Game of Thrones who has, like, this... This, this this amazing voice that he's talking like this just to read to you and I'm like, is, is it is me. it a fall asleep podcast thing? Yeah, it's one yeah. of those one that's yeah. realize well, read to me. I'm gonna start beating off. <laughs> You're talking about it. I'll fall asleep. Yeah, I'll fall asleep. <laughs> give me give me three and a half minutes. I'm gonna fall asleep. Let me finish this off. Well, you know, speaking of of uh, presentation or whatever, you know, um, Christmas time. <laughs> see here it goes. Usually happens at at Thanksgiving, like after harvest, and I finally get a break. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I get a cold. I I, oh, yeah. I I don't. I mean, like I never got COVID. I yeah. was not sick. This is the first time I've been sick in about four years but when it finally the the heat of the moment is over and harvest is over and thanksgiving is over a lot of times i'll get sick and sure enough right here as christmas rolls around uh, both winton and i have a little bit of a cough so i apologize ahead of time for the sound of my voice as we're talking about voices and then additionally if you're watching this well mike you probably can't see it now but up here on my my eyebrow Mm -hmm. we were shooting the other day at the range and Sure enough, I did the stupidest thing that I got the scope too close to my eye, fired off my rifle, and pow, it just cut my forehead open. That guy. Yep. Well, so, I mean, you know, scars of the scars of the it, sport. It, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little, like, tough man thing. Yeah, that's right. Some people have tennis elbows. Some people have a big gash on their forehead <laughs> from shooting their <laughs> rifle. <laughs> <Right>. Incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, speaking of wine, since it is wine and is uh, of the season, I will say that yesterday, because I did host Christmas yep. at my house, and her yep. house, yep. there was um, a sampling of Pearson Meyer wines. Yes, sir. I hear that's a very good wine. Ve- not just very, a very, very good good wine in fact i'll say this wines the plural plural yeah we like. got into a chardonnay we got into a cabernet nice and we even finished it off with a marquette why why Mu- by the- marquette See? See what See, I said? Remember what you said, enunciation? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. People are switching off right now. Fuck it's, it. the, it's the Marco, most... Chris Collins, where, hey, you looking for anyone? Yeah, yeah Marquette. Um, it's the most <clears throat> mispronounced thing. People, I would say that people say Marquette yeah. more than they say Maquette. So Maquette, which is, you know, for people listening out there, the Pearson Meyer Maquette Red Blend is a blend of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot. It's a beautiful, okay. what we call a classic Bordeaux blend. Those are varietals from the Bordeaux region of France, okay? Yep. So I have this blend I put together, and the short story is I'm, I'm putting this together, and, you know, my business partner and founder, help, co-founder with me at Pearson Meyer Wines, Alan Pearson, I'm like, hey, man, you got to come over here and taste this, this wine I put together. And he's like, that's, that's brilliant. What is it? I was like, well, if I was doing a right bank Bordeaux blend, right mm-hmm. bank in Bordeaux, right side of the river, 
it has predominantly or at least a significant planting of Merlot there. So it's more of a Merlot-driven wine as opposed to Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. So yes. it's my right bank, you know, stab at what I would do if I was doing a right bank blend. And he's like, oh, cool, it's your maquette. And I was like, I guess I have no idea what maquette means. Okay, let's dig into that. So Alan is a sculptor by uh, education, trade, passion, etc. He does amazing work. And when he's building a large sculpture, mm-hmm. you know, quite large pieces, he, of course, will build a smaller model of that sculpture to kind of get his, you know, um, dimensions, everything, you know, in, intact as he's developing his larger sculpture. The model is called a maquette. I and gotcha. so this was my model of a right bank Bordeaux blend. That is so fascinating, interesting, and look, was just educated right now because as far as I know, I will once again state my place here as the guy that doesn't know, Yeah. right? I see, had I seen Cabernet Sauvignon before? Yes, I had. Yes. Chardonnay, of course. Yes. Seen him. Maquette, which I was calling Marquette. Maybe not, but could that be something that maybe I had not seen across all the, am I saying varietals, varieties? Yeah. Well, see, that's another thing. Like, okay. we, I kind of came up saying varietal, and mm-hmm. it's, it's used very, very commonly by professionals. Um, I think it is more correct to say variety. Um, it, this is a debate that people have, and, and uh, I think grammatically, linguistically, um, even biologically, I think it's better to say variety, mm-hmm. but you will hear me say varietal often. And, and why is that? Is that because the terminology... Just, no, just, just terminology, gets, nomenclature, it, you know, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Right. Very, very interesting. So, back to this. The maquette. Yes. This is um, particular to the Pearson Meyer label. Yes, that's right. I mean, the word, like, it's much more used in the artistic community. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have come to find out that in uh, French winemaking, uh, yep. oftentimes they will say, so another thing that, that we'll say is uh, we'll take barrel samples. We'll take samples out of the barrel so that we can taste them, analyze them, etc. And we'll work on blending together. And um, we will sit at the bench or at the tabletop, mm-hmm. and we will put together little blends. And yes. we call those bench trials because we're okay. sitting at the bench, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that term sometimes is used in France or French-speaking people as their maquette. It's not their bench blend. It's not their bench trial. It's their maquette, their model, their sample for this you know, bigger blend that they'll do later. So the word is used in winemaking. It's not ultra common, but mm-hmm. it is used. And then, um, uh, you know... I'll have people in our industry. I'll get a, an invoice from like one of my distributors, and it'll say Marquette. People list uh, it in the, on a wine list as Marquette. Right. So it's not like it's common knowledge. Yeah. Not any, no one else, in, uh, at least that I know of, calls their Bordeaux blend a Marquette. That's right. a, what we call that as a, you know, a proprietary name, a fanciful name. It's just something that I call it. You know what? It's like, I, it's like Snoop Dogg's Red. You know, it's Snoop. just. A... Oh my God! Have you seen I that? Mean... Have you seen that out there? No. What is Snoop? Snoop's, Snoop's got has... his whole line of wines. So is that a blend? I mean, well, I don't even know what. What he could has that be blended with? It could be blended with <laughs> all a whole lot of, of weed and 
No, I, I think know. he just Crayons. has straight up, straight up. You know, I think he has a Syrah and different. Blend. I don't know what. I haven't had it to be honest. Nothing against Snoop. I just haven't had it. Okay, back to that. What you said, uh, and 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 what I'm going to relate this to could be anything across food. When one starts combining this and this to say, "Hey, man, that works," right? Yeah. yeah. With wines, when you have a blend, yeah, and the bell goes off and you go, Hey, that's, that's okay. The blend being like the, the colors of primary colors to making secondary colors to all the colors, you know, across sure. the spectrum of colors sure. that, that could, that, that almost, that locks up my brain. And again, makes me feel somewhat inebriated to think about how much testing one can do. So back to, let's, let's stick with this one thing, the yeah. maquette. Yeah. When you're sitting there and you have, say, the th- the three, three, I, three is three. what? Say, Cab name Franc, the three. Co- Cab Franc. Okay. Cab Sauve. Mm-hmm. And Merlot. Those three. Okay. There's three of these, let's say. I don't know how you have them on the table. Yep. There are, they're already bottled or they're sitting there in some container, the three of them. Well, they're existing in a barrel. And okay. we'll pull a sample from that barrel and temporarily put it into a glass bottle. And I okay. have all those glass bottles standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. So what what ends up being, first of all, the decision between those three, that's the first question, and on you're going to follow that up with ratios. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, one, the, the, the idea of blending these varieties, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you know, has gone on for, you know, centuries or whatever. It's like, you know, the, the heritage of these, those three varietals, like I said, have come from Bordeaux, France. And in Bordeaux, they've been blending these varietals together for a long period of time. Okay. As opposed to, say, blending in Chardonnay to it. Okay. That it, it doesn't work. I know that. I mean, I could do it right now for taste and taste it for you. I could give you a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon and a bottle of Chardonnay. You might love both of them. You put them together. You wouldn't like that blend. I mean, maybe you would. Most people would not. But mm-hmm. um, that's just not a really successful blend. So some of the ideas of doing this type of blending have gone on, you know, centuries before me. But um, I go, okay, I have three different wines that I've produced here. And um, I'll taste the Cabernet and go, okay, well, that has, um, you know, maybe not enough structure to it. I want a little bit more structure on the palate. And mm-hmm. so I know for a fact that my Cabernet Franc has a little bit more structure. I got so you. I'm going to pour a little bit of Cabernet Franc into my Cabernet Sauvignon and go, oh, now, see, now that's got like a nice body to it, wonderful finish, great framework. Um, yeah. You know, it, it really smells beautiful, but it's really dark fruit. We're, we're talking blackberry and blueberry. And that, that's wonderful. But, you know, I'd like something a little bit more lively and more red fruit and something fresh and maybe even a little bit more acidity to it. Guess yeah. what? Merlot has all those attributes. So now I'm going to take a little bit of Merlot and pour yeah. it in there. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, yeah, okay, that's better. That's better. You know, give me some more. I could use some more of all of those things. Let me put mm-hmm. a little bit more Merlot in there. And so I'll add and add in. And we, we are measuring these things out. It's not just like salt and pepper. We're measuring these things out and going, okay, I'm going to go um, 38% Cabernet Sauvignon, 42% Cabernet Franc, 15% Merlot. I don't know what those numbers add up to. I'm just making mm-hmm. it up. But um, then I'll try that out. And then I'll go, it's to this, it's to that, it's to X, Y, and Z. And I'll back it up and finally come to a conclusion. And like that maquette that you had was about 40% Cabernet Sauvignon, about, okay. and I'm saying about 40% Cabernet Franc, and about okay. 20% Merlot. 
There it and is. I've come up with that combination, um, you know, years ago. And I know the vineyard well. I know what the, those varieties are going to produce in that vineyard. Mm-hmm. So every year it's going to be somewhat similar to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the percentages will change. And, and I really don't care what the percentages are. There's no formula to it. Yeah. It's just taste and, and smell and, and perception of the wine. So if it required one vintage, the, you know, cab was like this or the Merlot was like that, no problem. I'll, I'll adjust the ratio to make it the best wine possible. And that's the advantage of having a blended wine is because you're mitigating the weaknesses of any given variety. And especially from vintage to vintage to vintage, you kind of get a more consistent product because you're mitigating all the weak factors that any varietal might have had in a given vintage. Whereas if you just have one Cabernet Sauvignon, 100% from one vineyard, you're susceptible to that vintage more so. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Yes. And your maquette. Maquette. Your recipe, your maquette. Don't say Marquette. Don't say Marquette. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, you I've, can, I've got is. thick skin, but that's a school. Yeah, that's not what it is. It's, it's not, not what it is. It's, it's not, not a school. It's, not, it's, a, no. it's a maquette, and it's delicious. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening to this Small Bites episode of Drop the Check. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more like this, please let us know by following us on Drop the Check at your podcast streaming services and Drop the Check on social media. We'd love to hear from you too, so please reach out if you have any questions or comments or ideas about future Small Bites episodes, maybe something you want to know about wine or winemaking or how we can make this podcast sound better or anything. Just drop us a line, please. As always, Drop the Check is brought to you by Pearson Meyer Wines. Pearson Meyer, a very, very good wine. I hope everyone has a great and safe holiday. We have some really great guests coming up in the new year, so please keep listening. For Drop the Check and Robbie Meyer, I'm Mike Anderson. See you next time.